Emergency Power Podcast. You've made it through another week, so go ahead and sit on down and charge up with um there appears to be a dragon in my my chair. <laughs> it's it's collected several of my pajama pants and a toaster, and those are my headphones. It's a baby to find gold. <laughs> Turnabout's but, fair play. Yeah, yeah that's why they're that's so there. cute, I can't move them, so go ahead and sit on down and charge up with Cargo-01. Yes, we kept the name. <laughs> we so keep in the Dash-01, I thought it was just Cargo. No, it's its full name, Cargo-01. Yeah, it's I was very sure. first last and last name, yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> almost exactly like having a house cat, except it's got flight and a breath weapon. I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. 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 So how is it different? <laughs> <laughs> oh god, the hairballs. Well, no, cat, ah. Cats have a climb speed, not a fly speed. <laughs> it just coughs up Maybe flaming your cat, mine launches Mad. through the air. <laughs> oh, no. oh no. It has projectile weapons. Nothing is safe from this animal. So do you get an opportunity attack to scoop it before it shoots its projectiles? Uh. <laughs> I was gonna say this is little purple cat, but as I zoom in, it's not purple at, at all. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like not... teal with some purple to it, and it's got it's like got a purple like I think aura. Neopet mm. was the description. Lisa Frank. It's yes. Lisa Frank. <laughs> Lisa Frank Neopet. Lisa yeah. Frank. It's, it's, yeah, Lisa Frank Neopet is yes. Cat dragon. Yes, yes but Lisa they are Frank adorable cat and has already been adopted by both script and uh, Para, so it's too you late. You get much of a choice in the matter, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't step back, so... Yeah, no, you know, part of the nonsense to step back and Squiffer just didn't... I'm not sad about this. <laughs> no, it's adorable and will only make things better. There could never be problems with something that... I cute. am so glad we did not open that thing before we went into that big fight. Can you imagine? That would have been horrible. It could have helped. Yeah, it would have gone Yeah, it could have helped. <laughs> We could have had two funerals. Ally. It's okay, still Either you would consumed, have left so it on the ship and it would have destroyed everything in there, or you would have taken it in and it would have gotten killed. <laughs> you know, Brandon would have dropped the grenade and the cat dragon would have just batted it out of the way <laughs> so that Brandon wouldn't have died. Yeah. yeah Neither would yeah. the tiefling. <laughs> True. Everyone just looks down like, what? what is happening right now? <laughs> could you imagine the, uh, the dervish imprinting itself upon the dragon? No. No. Oh, no. No. It's a good idea. Mark, stop I love talking. it. Yes. Keep all your oh. alternate realities away yeah. from our reality. <laughs> Never. Giving me all the ideas, Mark. Thank you. As, Put as that I one should. in the bank for later. God Speaking damn. of alternate realities, I can't wait to meet Omega Chief Uzi Puswood. No. Yes. Oh. yes. <laughs> Omega Chief Uzi Puswood. Oh my gosh, I mentioned this in the afterburner, but I was laughing so hard I literally had to mute myself or would, it would have like <laughs> overloaded the entire track. <laughs> it was so funny. Okay, well, I think it's time we get this started, don't you all? Let's do uh, it. <sighs> a spaceship drifts aimlessly as it releases a small coffin into the blackened ink of space, a solemn send-off for a good friend. As the Lost One floats out among the stars, their troubles lay behind them now. Only rest lies ahead. Oh. Sadly, such is not so for the second-hand crew. Dang it. No, for them the future is a deadly antagonist towards which they hurtle relentlessly in the tomes of emergency power. Volume 3, 
Chapter 12. Oh my gosh, that's so many. <laughs> that's, that's so many chapters. Congratulations. <laughs> okay, so before we get started, I wanted to first tell you all how wonderful the ceremony was. It was very heartfelt and it even got me all misty eyed. Mm. And Brandon will be missed. Now, usually, when people do noteworthy RP, I reward them with something like a space popsicle. However, this wasn't just one person, this was everyone. So, I have something special to give the secondhand Ooh. crew, just as they gave something special to the world. Mark sacrificed a character that he really enjoyed to save the day. And a lot of times in tabletop games, deaths can just be like a drop in the bucket, and then we move on. But you guys made it into something wonderful. So, in honor of that, I'm introducing a new mechanic. And uh -oh. not like the mechanic Scriff, like not that kind of mechanic. <laughs> I thought I was going to get upstaged yeah, right here. My, my character's <laughs> not a I'm introducing a new mechanic. They're better than Scriff in every way. <laughs> oh, dang it! Dang it, Palma! Every time! Two power armors. <laughs> Who else gets upgraded if we kill someone? Super Scriff. <laughs> All right. And this new mechanic, I am calling Secondhand Feats. Mm. These feats mm. I will hand out only when I feel they are truly earned. Mm. And this is no low bar. Second feats? So how this works, second-hand feats are like reused feats. Oh, some, somehow worse now. Yeah, pre-owned feet. <laughs> it's they, your older siblings' feet. Pre-owned feet. Mm. Bunch of ways to think about that. Yeah. They've been sanitized. <laughs> yeah. So the way this works, <laughs> all the scratches we were removed. Whoever is part of the second-hand crew will have access to these feats. As long as someone is inducted into the team, they may utilize it. Cool. Yeah. Other than that, they function a lot like other feats might. That being said, here's what you've earned. When an AoE effect would cause harm to one of the crew, an adjacent member may use their reaction to dive in the way and take the effect. Nice. Therefore, the protectee will make no save and take no damage. The protector will roll both saves for both sets of damages. In essence, they forego their attempt to escape harm to save the other from suffering. Wow. This feat can be used once per crew member per long rest. Like all feats, it is Pretty situational. Good. So this could be very useful if, say, you're grouped up and a grenade comes your way and one person's got three health and another has 30. So that person can jump in the way and keep the low health person in the fight. So we nice. both mm -hmm. dive, trying to protect each other. We end up missing. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and just Cancel following where the other out. person was. And just to be sure I'm clear on the mechanics, the, mm -hmm. the person who dives onto the grenade would make two saves and take two instances of the full damage, correct? Correct. Gotcha. Ooh, okay. 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 Yeah, so it has high potential damage to the person doing the save, but at the same time, it might keep people up in a fight. I'm so... assuming this is immune to evasion if you intentionally take the damage, right? <laughs> Can't really I mean, it. I was kind of wondering, but I didn't want to say anything. <laughs> I was yeah. going to ask. Finally, this feat is called Protection Masters. 
Oh. In honor of my Brandon brother. Master's sacrifice. Uh, like, very other protection. Nice. <laughs> I'm happy for you all. <laughs> <laughs> I can already do that. <laughs> but that's okay. To be clear, is, it's we good can only use though. it once each, or we can only be used by one person one time per short rest? Once each per day. Okay. Oh, per day. Okay. Or per long rest, which is... Long rest, technically. Might as well be a day, but yeah. No, that should be good. All right. The second hand drifts aimlessly, loosing free the beautiful coffin that carries Brandon's body on its endless journey. The crew disbands the funeral and sets their minds on the tasks ahead. (laughs) Who wants to Uh, go first? Go, Jeff. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Do things. What a a great uh, time that was. The funeral? I don't think that's how you're supposed to talk about funerals. <laughs> this beautiful funeral script just sang the song of his people, and then Koto's like, That's what I wanted All to right, do. Cool, okay, yeah, cool. so. You want to sing will... the song again? Coach, I, I would actually absolutely love Take for you to sing the song again. silver pieces. <laughs> yes, dude, I was singing that all yesterday. It was so, so, oh my God, it was in my head all day. But no, Koto will approach Scriff and say, hey, that song was really, really nice. I really, really liked it. Oh, Ducky, my my mother used to sing it to me when I was a kid. Um, I have this weird little f- habit of trying to learn a song in every in every universe that I hop to, would you be willing to teach it to me? Of course. She like reaches into her backpack and pulls out what appears to be just like a long stick, maybe the size of like a mini bow staff. And then she like extends it and then uh, out essentially pops like from, from like the backside of it pops like a bunch of strings and then a little mini speaker on the bottom side. And you see that it's a, a compactable bass guitar. Oh, you meant right now. Okay. Oh, is that sure. not appropriate? It's fine. I, I'd be happy to. Just finished the funeral. Can we go do a music lesson? You got time now, right? Right now, right? I'm oh, sorry. I, you're right. You're you're right. I need to get warmed up. Okay. Yeah. I'll come get you in five minutes. Okay. <laughs> Listen, that's enough time for a moment of silence. No problem. That is enough time uh, because Griff is going to go over and talk to Nima. All right. Just like pat Koto on the shoulder. Like, yeah, great. I'll Just see you. Walk off. Griff walks over to Nima. Okay. So Nima's seemingly not sure exactly what to do with herself. You guys are on the ship with the entire Dovetail family. It's like five E's watching after the more bad off ones and the others are just kind of wandering around or curled up in a ball so she's trying to move back and forth to see what she can do but she doesn't have that much she can help with so you just kind of catch her in the middle of walking between rooms okay and yet he'll walk up beside her and touch her on the shoulder says Nima I'm so sorry this is all my fault She looks over at you and kind of picks up what you're trying to say. Look, you made a bad judgment, but you can't put this on yourself. It was that Pashingwala. Yeah, but this never would have happened if it weren't for me. I was so focused on my work. I was out of money and then this man comes along. It's like Papa would say, the past is for remembering, not for the living. 
You can't change what has already happened. Scriff hears this and he thinks for a second, I, I can't change the past. Yes, of course you're right. She catches you just staring off into the middle distance for a second, <laughs> tilts their head, just kind of shakes it off. Well, where will we go now? Well, um, we have someone on Triaxis. They work for the IDF and I think you'll be safe there. I don't think it's safe at home anymore. Nods her head. Well, wherever we end up, you should be there too. Put all this behind you. We'll get Twiz and Feather to a clinic, and we take care of our own. Scriff, like, looks down to the ground, twiddles his thumbs a little bit before responding. I I can't. Not yet. Scriff Dovetail, after all that's happened, you would leave again? Your family needs you. I, I know, but the best way for me to be there for you is not to be there. Dervish is still alive, and I need to find him before he finds you again. She just stares at you for a couple seconds. How is that even possible? I don't know. Maybe magic, maybe something worse. We're in a bigger mess than I thought. But don't worry, I'll look after Twiz and Feather. They won't find better healers in a clinic than Pawns and NR5E. Besides, Koping Lauda Desh family too, which translates to friends are family too. And I'm still needed here. Fine, but you better not let anything happen to them. Don't worry, I'll keep them safe. We all will. She looks from one side to the other, looks over towards the room where 5e is tending to at least three of them in there, and gives a nod. Well, I should get about what I was doing. You should get some rest. You've been through a lot too. She sighs and then's like, I'm sure I'll find some time, and starts walking off. Alright, who's next? Keep um, them coming, keep them coming. <laughs> Are there any of the younger Isoki, like, like about, looking like this feather or whatever? Yeah. First off, the twins are moving around. One of them still looks pretty beat up, but they're kind of sharing almost war stories, like pointing out each other's scars, like, oh man, that's a good one! How did you lose your ear? Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, okay. And there are a few others that. wondering about yet. I was going to try and um, like distract them or shit them up a little bit by like, having them do like tricks with cargo or trying to teach cargo some tricks. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Go ahead and give me a survival check for yeah, sure. cargo. Oh, survival. Uh, it's an eight. You try to get cargo towards the twins to see if it'll <laughs> distract them and cheer them up. And cargo just kind of meanders in that general direction for a second and then like beelines it towards upstairs and starts running up and around. And you hear something in one of the rooms, probably Scriff's uh, <laughs> uh, workshop, workshop. workshop, and you hear something crash. Cargo's got the zoomies. <laughs> Uh, oh, no. Back at the twins, oh, no. <laughs> like we are working on on a on a piece. They will come around. Wow! <laughs> Here in the background. That's that's part of the piece. It's uh, it's nothing to worry about or to tell Scriff about if he asks. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> they both look at each other for a second, look at you, and then wink. <laughs> <laughs> winks back but badly like double eyes blink slow <laughs> but there's two of them so they wink at each one with one eye each Sense. good talk I'm going to uh, clean 
<laughs> you head so upstairs <laughs> and you go and try to find whatever's broken and fix it inside the yeah, workshop. Yeah, there's definitely more breaking noises. You know when you try and catch like a cat and just gets under everything else? Mm. <laughs> if I had left cargo, probably nothing else would have broken. Definitely more things <laughs> damaged now. Yeah, you run in there, and as you try to chase cargo around, they run up and get inside of Scriff's armor no. and just like huddle in there. <laughs> we need a little yes. bell on a stick. Good luck and every time you now. reach up, uh. like bat at your hands. Kitty fishing pole. <laughs> yeah. Wait, how how big is the dragon again? Like the size of a dog. Yeah. yeah, they're about the size of a dog, so small creature, basically. Small dagron. So is it is the same around the same size as Scriff? <laughs> Pretty much. Okay. <laughs> oh no, yeah. it's piloting the armor. <laughs> <laughs> Just a sleeping dragon in the armor. Awesome. You leave it there long enough, it will fall asleep inside the armor. Yeah, this I'm gonna try. I'm gonna nice Scriff. I go. Ah, no, 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 no. Scriff will not be happy with uh with this. Come, come. We will go back to the twins. <laughs> try and like try and scoop it out. I guess you know what? I'll form like a, a dangly thing out of one arm. Like I'll extend my fingers so it's a dangly <laughs> Just out of a small opening, one little clawed paw reaches out and starts hitting at it. This is so much yeah. trouble. <laughs> this is gonna end well. Paw's just gonna become the cat toy. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. takes the form of a cat tree most of the time. <laughs> All right, so that's gonna take Paris some time. Yeah, <laughs> Paris stuck in Scriff's room, desperately trying to get his thing out before Scriff comes back. Yeah, while that is going on, uh, Pons has found a corner to sit and float in. Sit and kind float? Of, yeah, sit and float. He's kind of wrapped his legs up in, you know, a pretzel style, but he's cool. floating in the corner. Yeah, and uh, Jeff, could we get some music, maybe? Some, yeah. Is there not music playing? Oh, some oh, no. specific we music. A very specific, specific music. type of music. Yes. And Pons has something to say. Oh, gosh. You need the Pons Pondering. It's time for Pons Ponderings, Pons Ponderings. What did he learn today? <laughs> All right. So, yeah, Pons is, is kind of wrapped up, and he, he pulls out his uh, voice recorder, and he just starts kind of rambling to himself for a little bit and then gets to a spot and is like, so I, Pons, flew through space once again to arrive at a beautiful moon resort. The setting was themed just for the secondhand crew. All of Scriff's family members were invited. Scriff's old boss, along with inner 5 es nephew, hosted for us. However, some at the party, it was over very quickly for Swarkus made a swift exit after being shown the fruit garden. Scriff's family did not appreciate the religious practices, so we escorted them back to the ship. Uh, <laughs> everything seemed to evolve to uh, devolve after I touched some glyphs inside a fireplace, because next thing I remember, and I, I just see Brandon died, I almost died, Scriff almost dies, uh, and we hadn't even seen Nerian's uh, lab in the back yet. So then everyone's uh, biggest fan bird comes crashing through the roof. We hatch a baby dragon and send body uh, Brandon's body on the longest game of space catch that you can play. Yeah, this is um, a rather confused pawns. So for now, I hope to see Nerians again soon and gain some insight into where we're going next. And this is the best all. blog post I've ever mm -hmm. seen. 
Be sure to like and subscribe. Yes. Ring that bell. Yeah, Pons out. See you next time. <laughs> I always love a good Pons ponder. Oh, I love it. It lightens my life. Um, and uh, Pons would actually like to walk up to Soul mm-hmm. after that. You just kind of look at her and be like, are you part of like some evil organization sent to like kill leaders of planets or something? Me? Not... Ah, it was just, just a thought that passed through my brain. Not at the moment. Why do you ask? No, oh, okay. I'm not getting paid nearly enough for that. <laughs> oh, it's just something, yeah, you know, whispers heard in passing out of your mouth. I, was, I, was, I wasn't sure what was going on. It, it could have been an awesome story to hear, but yeah. Soul is going to lean down and put both hands on Hans's shoulders and say, Thank the gods. Someone here actually f- listens to me. Thank you, Pons. I have very good perception. <laughs> I, we are going to talk more. You just, you were always, you were fast, you know that. You're fascinating. You just became more interesting. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll so go see what Scriff's working on. And I'll head out. Speaking of heading out, you guys are currently just drifting through aimless space. What is the plan? Where do you guys intend to go to? And when will you be making your drift jump? I don't like those little uh, evil jazz hands you do, Adam. Jazz hands. <laughs> the evilest of I think jazz go ahead and, I think we should go ahead and plot a course for the IDF rendezvous now, which as I understand it is in the Triaxis system. Is that correct? Triaxis is the planet. Mm-hmm. It's oh, in right. Pack World system. Triaxis is one Duh, of the planets Richard. they're in. You don't know the Starfinder map, the back of your hand? Gaw. Piloting check to get us where we're going is going to be a 32. Nice. Nice. And then 5e will be heading back through the ship to sickbay, um, which would offer a chance for anyone to interact if they want to. Otherwise, he's going to check on the Ahsoki and Marani before going back to Swarkus. I think uh, Sol will fall into step with you as you're heading towards the sickbay. How are they doing? Stable for the most part. Marani has not yet regained consciousness. None of them have. I can't particularly ascertain the condition of the two that have been tainted by the dervish's genetic experiments. The young female has experienced significant subdermal and muscular trauma. Don't, don't, don't call her female. That's creepy. Don't do that. Apologies. I have been updating report logs. Thank you. I have a question before we step back in, and they'll kind of pull 5e to a stop right before the sickbay doors. Myroni, yours protector, yes? That is correct. I was assigned to his family. Do you want to be his friend? Is friendship important to you? It's two very different questions. It's all right, either way. It is my will that we form a bond and a friendship, but I also acknowledge that that may not be possible, whether through circumstance or through a lacking in my own programming. Some unsolicited advice, then? I'm listening. And Sol will lean in and drop their voice further and say, You know he's a wealth of information about the dervish. If you want a friendship, don't ask him about him. Don't let your friends ask either. Ooh. Hmm. I would think that the moment we make contact with the IDF, they will want to question him, if he is capable of it. They don't need to know about him, do they? I'm not entirely certain that the matter is up to me. Well, I'm quite capable of lying our way out of this, if you are so inclined, but Ivy, keep in mind, this is a child who was brought up with every ounce of his love and affection having to be earned based off his value, based off of what he could give to the dervish. If you want a real relationship with him, you have to be the anti-dervish. 
It is not my desire to keep him constrained here if he does not wish to remain with us, but he would have to be assigned to a guardian whom we can trust to protect him. I don't think you understand me. I think you're his one link to what might have been a few fleeting years of happiness. I want you to stay with him, but simply wanted to know what your priorities were. My Ronnie Curtin remains my primary protectee. Seeing him to adulthood, safely, educated, nurtured, it remains my primary driving force. And I do not always understand the humanoid concept of family, but I am fairly certain that Olivier and Lassenth are the closest thing that I have ever had to that, at least until I met this crew. Oh. One more thing. I think you should see to trying to get his childhood home rebuilt. Even if he doesn't want to return there, the dervish took that from him to punish him somehow. I don't understand it all, but that was in his diaries. I'd like you to suggest it. I will mention it to my Ronnie once he is conscious and capable of making such decisions. If need be, we will establish contact with the VI back on the moon. Perhaps it can do something useful. I tried to speak with it. It was, I hate computers. No, I'm not sure if that's offense. I hate computers. I can't reason with them. I can reason with you. It's quite No, nice. no offense taken. That VI has always been a thorn in my side. He's not pleasant <laughs> at all. <laughs> and Fivey, you know he's going to be a bloody terror, yes? The treatises on childhood psychology I have read indicate that that is the case. Yes. He's going to do everything he can to push you away. Don't let him. That's when he's going to need you most. I will endeavor to perform to the optimal parameters of my programming. Thank you, Saul. Optimal, but you know you're adorable, right? And <laughs> they're gonna go to step into the bed bay. Five he cocks his head to the side. You hear the yes. servo word. <laughs> Adorable. Little eyebrows form question marks. <laughs> 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 Join our Discord today to gain access to the NR5E Uwu emoticon that Kate yes. so lovingly designed. It's not the bane of Richard's in fact existence. Exist. <laughs> so, Soul is going to follow 5E into the bed bay and just suddenly stop cold. Be like, what are you doing? And rush over, and unless 5E actively stops them, is going to start taking the restraints off of my Ronnie. Okay, um, those restraints are on all of the ones that have been genetically tainted. Leaving those. It is necessary to restrain them in case the dervish takes possession of their bodies again. Oh wait, those two, this is different. Why are you, 5e? We have not yet ascertained that there is any difference. There is absolutely a difference. Look at them. Do you see horns or red skin growing on him? He has described physical changes. Whether Sorry. <laughs> the thing, the you saw the part where all his arms popped out and he yeah. became a human tripod, right? Yeah. <laughs> the diaries we recovered from the data centers on the moon indicate that he has undergone severe physical changes. We have witnessed it ourselves firsthand. Not in a tank. Not the way they were. He was activated. He wasn't possessed. I do not understand the, your usage of the term activated, but it makes no difference. I am not a doctor of genetic sciences. This is a question that Nerians must answer. Ivy, he has spent, by what you all have said, seven years in bondage to this individual. You're going to make him wake up in shackles? You raise a good point. Remove the restraints, but I will be keeping sedatives handy. Of course and Sol will move the restraints and seeing the, I assume you left the um, vitamin D ointment, mm -hmm. will sit down and start tending to 
the scars with a very distant expression. Fabio notices you doing that and says, thank you for the assistance. Um, have, I'm assuming none of the patients have yet regained consciousness, Adam. Not yet. It's been like a half an hour since yeah. things happened. So, If you would be so kind as to keep an eye on things here, Sol, I'm Asetus Workus. His trauma is now highest priority, I'm afraid. I've got this. Take care of yourself as well. We all took a bit of a shaking back there. Agreed. I have noticed that some of my circuits are not performing properly. Perhaps I should have Scriff look at them. All right, and 5e goes back to um, Swarkus's room to check on him. Okay. So this conversation happens as you guys shift into the drift. I'm going to need a roll for the time that it takes to get from where you are to the packed world system. Fortunately, because Absalom Station is there, you guys aren't going to have quite as long a time as you might have otherwise. So, 5e, if you would give me a 1d6 plus 3, please. Ooh, could be a while. Uh, that's a 6, Bob. Yeah. This broken drift. Oof. So take this broken drift. No. <laughs> yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> When wow. is the Emergency Power podcast cover band starting? I think we just started it, Mark. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're working on our uh, demo tape right now. So we can get some long okay. rests in, Adam. Is that what you're telling us? Yeah, so you guys have couple, six couple days to do things before you get Ooh. into the packed Ooh. world systems. So you can, right now, give yourself six long rests worth of recovery. Jeez. And then you can tell me what you guys would like to do during that time while on this ship. So Koto tries to find a place in the ship where she can sit down, kind of make her own. I don't know if she's going to get her own room or if she's going to be sharing an area with everyone else, but... I think it's a, a quote of Richard. Oh, goodness, no. There's not <laughs> enough room for that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> right, right, right. So she's gonna just be chilling, I guess, with all of the Yasoki siblings for a while. At some point, she walks by a mirror and sees that she's just in her armor. And she was like, oh man, I, in all this commotion, I forgot about this. She holds her right hand up in front of a mirror and then a little holographic display appears around her wrist. And then she begins rotating it. And as she does, her armor completely begins changing appearance. Cool. To just the mm. different types of street clothes. As you can see, you're trying to pick out an outfit. Maybe after about Rad. 10 to 15 minutes of doing so, she lands on an outfit that has fitted black pants. She has a tank top that kind of exposes just a little bit of, of midriff. And then over that tank top, she wears a black leather jacket. And the entire look of her armor is completely gone. And the closest thing I could imagine would be if imagine uh, the, from the 1980s era storm from the X-Men mm -hmm. with like the mohawk oh, yes. and then the uh, yeah. that outfit yes. right there. OK, that is a vast improvement over a chitinous shrinky dink cow. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so she turns around, she turns uh, she turns around to the other Yasoki and she says, how does this look? <laughs> so the other Yasoki are just kind of spaced out at this point pun not intended, but they look over and give you like a weak smile and a little thumbs up. Yeah, um, it looks great. She then goes and sits down with the Yasoki and tries to 
ask them information about this universe's history and trying to see what's been going on for the past few years. Um, and I think like that's how she's going to spend most of her time is trying to get to know what's been going on in this universe through them. Um, she probably, I don't know how often Scriff comes in and checks on them, but I think she would try to make some friends over here with this little group of people so that way she can try to make them feel a little bit uh, at ease if she's able to do that at all. Sure. Yeah, you'd probably get most of that from Nima, who's okay. an out and about kind of person, generally speaking. Maybe not right now so much, but generally. But yeah, that's how she spent most of her time then, just chilling with the with these with, with these people. Unless the crew needs to do like meetings or anything, then of course she's happy to go talk to the rest of them. Okay. Funny you should mention Scriff checking in on Yusoki because uh, I think he'd do that every morning. And you all are gonna hear over the calm channel. Uh, anyone who has the comms wired up. Five E, did you know that Marani is not restrained right now? Affirmative. <laughs> is there a reason for this? You know, he tried to kill us earlier. That is why I am monitoring the patients around the clock. Sol is assisting with off times to ensure that I have adequate shutdown. Okay. Then why are Twisich and Feather still tied up? Oh, no. Ooh. <laughs> if you would prefer for me to remove their restraints as well, I am willing to do that. I can prepare alternative sedative solutions in the event of an incident. As long as you think it's safe, I would like to afford them that luxury. Think it's only fair. I believe that it is within acceptable parameters of safety. All right. Thanks. Uh, by the way, uh, <laughs> hey, thanks. Bye. Anyone, uh, <laughs> anyone who's listening, I have, uh, I have an announcement. If anyone would like to meet the new cat, meet me in my workshop. We have a dragon and a cat now. I believe he's referring to the techno tool. <laughs> Oh, right. And uh, so Scriff will undo the the binds on Twisish and Feather and then securely lock the door. All right. 5e actually stops you from locking and goes in to um, prepare more sedative solutions before heading to the laboratory. Good old knockout juice. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be <laughs> heading there as well. I think I'll, I'll try Same. to find Para on the way there. And then I guess like as we're walking in together... Koto will like be mid mid story and just saying like you know I've actually been to a universe where cats were called dogs what and dogs were dog? called worms. Oh, um, I don't know actually. I mean, well, I guess we're about to find out. I'd love to meet a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Are you so even I aware of what a dog is? The opposite of a cat. Yeah, pretty much. Giant creature, many mouths. <laughs> <laughs> that is an oversimplified heuristic, but it Eight is certainly true, yes. Yeah, I, I go into uh, to meet the new cat. Yeah, so well. everyone comes in and it's like, ah, good, you're here. I was up part of the night, most of the night. Okay, I, I didn't sleep at all last night, but <laughs> beside the point, uh, I thought I would formally introduce you all to the new cat. Cat, say hello. Are you just bringing this on me? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we need to figure out a voice for that. I'm like, yeah, okay, just tell me someone you want me to like maybe do an impression of, something like that. That <laughs> conversation didn't ever finish. Gilbert Godfrey. <laughs> wow. My name's oh the my new God. cat. How you doing, everybody? Oh, God, no. No. <laughs> Christopher Walken. No, everyone's got Walken. We have had discussions. Hi, we maybe didn't I'm settle on cats. something, but I'm here to help. <laughs> oh, all of no. you. 
<laughs> wow, script dovetails armor, amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. Wow, it's amazing. Needs more cowbell. <laughs> you got a fever. <laughs> oh. Jesus. I don't know why I tried to drink in the middle of that. <laughs> you fool. That was, that was very uh, What version is Cat now, Jeff? We'll do 22.9. Hello, I'm Cat, version 22.9. How can I be of assistance? I will note that Scriff's power armor is the one talking. I integrated it into the system. They are one now. They're the same. Ah. I wow. now have new mobility. As they say that, Cargo dashes out of the armor, out of the room, and jets across. <laughs> oh, what, no, what a surprise. How Wait. did it get in here? Cargo. Incredible. This, 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 this. Oh, I, I will, I will uh, get it later. It'll probably be fine. Um, sense motive. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I've been working. I've been thinking about installing a new safety mechanism for activating the armor anyway. And with cat installed now, I don't think it's going to be a problem. They won't get into any restricted systems. Ban roll bluff. <laughs> oh, it's been a while a since being he... pressed many buttons while inside. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so Kat is a knock. Self-destruct sequence initiated. <laughs> Three, two, <laughs> don't, don't give that... Uh, car cargo does not have access to operate you, just so you know. Understood. But I think it will be much more helpful now. It's very impressive, Scriff. Oh, it's been work. a long time since I've been able to talk. I've got a few other things as well. If anyone is interested, I think I can install this in most of your armor as well, but no. check this out and Scriff will uh, open up <laughs> the chest and inside is like what looks like a defibrillator uh, as like if someone falls unconscious, if I fall unconscious, it can resurrect me potentially. Oh. I'm still working out the kinks uh, in game rules. Uh, I have installed an auto CPR unit into the armor. That's kind of cool. That's, that's awesome. Cool. Yeah, that's, that's really nice. useful too. Very clever. Wait, but is it only big enough for Scriff? <laughs> well, the armor. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> the voltage would the likely need to be recalibrated off. for different species and weights. Well, Cat's capable of doing that real time if someone is actually operating the the armor. I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> oh God! Oh God! Calculate the cubic root of the Bandela quotient. Both <laughs> Tank and Bomber have asked me to calibrate it for their use as well. It has not answered the question. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I missed the question because I was saying something. He asked for the, the cubic root of the Bendele quotient, which is just a made-up like scientific he principle He asked you number. for some rubber physics. <laughs> <laughs> they give you a six-hour approximate estimation of what that might have been. I be Cease audio transmission. I have received the calculations. Thank you. That will be a sufficient demonstration. Cat may, in fact, perform these calculations. I can install this in any of your armor, too, if you want. I just need uh, materials to build it. I will soon control the universe. Cat, <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, delete last audio. Concerning. Wait, wait. That, yes, that wasn't supposed to be there. It's <laughs> going great, guys. Turning off. Complete domination protocol. <laughs> Thank you. Super robot. Oh, you know, actually, I think I like it now. <laughs> <laughs> Sassy. Suddenly, far more interesting. 
What has I have been giving a sense of humor? It's been too long. We Kat used to be able to talk, but there was an issue, and I had to reinstall her. So hadn't had time to work on it until now. So I'm just I'm just excited. Was that Swarkus in punching you or the giant ship crash? I don't remember. It was the the ship crash. Oh, it was a long time ago then. Uh, what it, Blog having... state, the previous version encountered a virus that required an entire system reset. Yes, oh, so yeah. you have access to all of your previous logs as well? That's really cool. Well, as much as I could salvage. Scriff has updated me on versions that I was not privy to. I had backups. We did lose some data, but it wasn't catastrophic. Catastrophic. <laughs> oh. <laughs> But <laughs> having a cat in my suit uh, help something? That is my new nickname. <laughs> catastrophe. 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 Yeah. Wow. Oh, catastrophe. Yeah, what, what would that do for me there, Scriff, if I, I put cat in my suit? Well, it, I'm not. I can't install cat. I don't, there's only one cat. But I can install this auto CPR unit. So if you pass out during a fight, then it can try and resuscitate you. Does it, does it work on brains? It does. Wow. Is it? Does it uh, take the slot of an armor upgrade? It is an armor slot. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so in in game terms, uh, it basically gets to make a medicine check. It doesn't have a great bonus, but it has a chance to resuscitate you without That's spending really a resolve point. That's, really That's cool. a really good armor upgrade. Yeah. yeah. And it's like a level one upgrade. Are too, you sure so you wish to cheap. do that, Scriff? Do you know how much harder it would be for the GM to kill people if they could auto revive? <laughs> <laughs> I'm certain that uh, 5e already has better ways to revive himself with all his nanites. Oh, mm, I know. Affirmative. <laughs> I'll, I'll consider it. I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'll have to see yeah, any just, use first. Just let me know. I've got some free time while we sh jump through the drift. So if you have any projects, uh, I'm, I'm looking for new projects. Would, would you be willing to demonstrate it? Uh, sure. <laughs> all right. Uh, Grab a hammer. Someone get in. Oh. <laughs> there is a safer way to facilitate that demonstration. 5e draws his um draws his stun pistol Whoa. and levels it at levels it at Scriff and says, with your permission. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> Scriff, you immediately get flashbacks. This is you know what, this is day one before we've had like a lot of rest. I'll do it. So I'll I'll take the hit. Oh my gosh. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to roll trick I'm, attack damage. <laughs> I am not rolling back time to save you again. That's fine. <laughs> what I'm going to do is I'm just going to roll back the very last full rest that I had. So I, I was one HP totally away from fine. full. Well, you also did yeah. say that you didn't get any sleep. So, yep. yeah. Yeah. There you go. Soul does <laughs> a Brandon right. and magic some potato chips into being and just starts... <laughs> Munching and watching. There we go. Uh, I think power leaves down the koto. It's like it, this is new actually for me as well. This is so awesome. I have a trick attack damage checkbox in Foundry now. Thank you, Jeff. That's the first time I get to use it. I don't. I didn't realize On that him. it wasn't there for a whole year. <laughs> On uh -huh. him. Oh. So it's twenty-five uh, stun damage. Like yeah, so, script falls unconscious, <laughs> and the module activates. And the module activates. And all right, all uh, right. So it's got a plus five. I don't know what the attempt to revive is. First aid. Uh, the DC of the check is fifteen. Oh, not too bad. Oh, if you succeed at the check, the creature stops dying and becomes stable, or the bleed damage ends. I didn't know it stopped bleed damage. That's cool. That's mm. great, actually. Mm. 
we can, we can narratively just say that it succeeds. No, no, it's better if it fails. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. We, we, we can narratively... Here watching, so we just like, what? Is Griff dying? Like... Fear not, I will assist. Tra attempts. Fear not, I will assist in 24 hours. There we go, 20, oh. no, next round. It gets to try again, it's next round. So I got a 22. It's you know what, I love how they're like, spoof fur is all like Tom and Jerry explodes out and they've got like a, a furry afro yes. because it's been like yes. shocked. <laughs> like their whiskers are a bit singed. I, I come over and I poke Scriff, uh, also like healing him for one HP. Yeah, are you awake? Did that uh. work? A tone it, emanates see? from 5e's audio projector, <laughs> and it's signaling that a stopwatch has ended, and he says, Ah, 7.13 seconds. Not bad. It's better than nothing. Ah, I, I think I'm sold. Yeah, that worked great. Install away. I'm sure that if I practiced, I could get an even faster time. And Pons holds his arms up. <laughs> All right, I guess I'll get to work. Anyone else? <laughs> I do not believe that the electromagnetic side effects of this upgrade will be beneficial to me, but thank you for the offer. Fair enough. Might be interesting. I also appreciate the offer, but I'm fully stocked in my armor. Thanks, though. Yeah, I'd prefer not to die. <laughs> well, the, the cool thing, too, is uh, like Mark was saying, it can also stop bleeding. Hmm. And since I have a computer interface, I get to add the tier of cat to that check to stop bleeding. Nice. That's really cool. I had no idea that first aid stopped bleeding. That is a game changer. Seriously. Bleeding sucks. Yeah, mm. and it used to. I, I only thought that magical healing would would heal that, but that's really cool. All right, what are we gonna do for the other five days? I was going to take a look at Swarkus, and I was actually going to ask Pons if he would give me an assist, is some assistance with that. Um, I want to assess just how much trauma Swarkus has undergone. I know he lost his other eye, but are there any other major like points of trauma that need to be addressed? What I'm actually thinking in the long term is that we might be able to build an ocular replacement. Um, yes. And I may be able to get Scriff cool. to help me out with that. And we laser can at eyes. At least rebuild one <laughs> of his eyes, eyes so that he still has vision. The same thing that 5e has, the, the laser eye plant implant. Yeah. Awesome. I don't know if I'd go that far, but you know. <laughs> Interesting Just like an extra limb as well. Give the guy another eye. Let's just let's just start with having, yeah. making him able to see again. Also, doesn't Swork isn't Swork is down one leg? Yeah. Yes. yes. On a, a natural twenty check, you guys found out he was missing a leg. <laughs> yeah. I'm so yeah, say. I mean, well, yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm thinking. Is like how, how over hard. That. How hard would it be to how hard would it be to fashion or purchase if we have to a prosthetic leg and an, an ocular sensor? The base models the of those done. are pretty cheap, honestly. Yeah, it's like a hundred credits. So laser eye and laser leg, got it. I like it. Yes, yeah. Let's dude. Give some yes. upgrades then. Yep. Yeah, I mean, and I'm happy to just kick money to Scriff and if he'll Same. do his stash of UPBs. Yeah, you want like five hundred? Cyborgus. Yeah, you guys can absolutely do that. Sugar Daddy Pawns. Our glucose guardian. <laughs> the biggest problem right now with Swarkus is with that nat 20, Scriff also found out that he is currently in a coma. So oh, yeah. that's a bit more of an issue in the long term. But yes, you guys could absolutely upgrade him when he wakes up so he can be the $10 million Vesk. <laughs> what, what if, I have an idea, let's just kill him and then heal him and then he'll be revived. I, I what? Can, with I, magic. 
It's um, actually not the worst plan I've ever heard, but it's up there. Yeah, that's Watching Jeff trying Adam to abuse the system. Watching Adam break in real time. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I wouldn't mind seeing what happens if I try to... I kill them, <laughs> and then you revive them. I wouldn't mind seeing what happens if I try to this absorb is, this um, rules body. That's what yeah, 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 Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> I'm sorry, that does not work. <laughs> Let's just install Swarkus's brain into the ship. He loves into the ship. Cat. Into cat. Oh my goodness. Oh man. Can we turn Swarkus into our ship's computer? He no. doesn't need then he doesn't need the body anymore. That is grossly unethical. We are not <laughs> yeah. turning one of my patients into a ship's computer. I don't like that either. I want to mess around with his brain. I don't want to have to do Swarkus's voice for the Twitter, so. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> I've regained control of my ship once again. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> you are the ship, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, let's uh, let's just wait to do some brain surgery on him at Nurian's or something. But for right now, yeah, eye and a leg. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You start working on synthesizing the parts and then worry about the installations later when, it, when it's more stable and it's safe to do that. Okay. Sounds good. So you guys start looking him over and figure out the best way to apply these new parts, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Basically just parts. Yeah. Look, at least they're not necrographs. Oh, this is true. true. All right, so I'm going to jump forward a day here as you guys work on different things. So as you're walking through the ship, you go to check on the patients in the room. You slide open the door and you see my Ronnie standing and he's looking down at Twizich, the one who has the horn and the patch of skin, and they're just silently standing over them. Uh oh. Hey, Fivey, do we have some knockout juice? Just from downtown, a trank dart. <laughs> <laughs> some sleepy time tea. Fivey, <laughs> um, always watching. My assumption is that I do have alerts in place to know if they they come back to consciousness, so I'm probably heading that way as soon as I can walk away from Swerkus, but you have a few seconds. So we'll raise both hands and say, My Ronnie, welcome back. They look over at you with this slow turn. Where am I? You're on board the ship. It's called the Second Hand. It's a terrible name. I've been meaning to talk to them about it. It's just because something is used. Not the point. 5e has been watching over you and keeping you safe. Are you all right? Sorry I was not here when you woke. I don't think that the term all right has ever applied to me. They look down again at these stricken Yasoki. I'm assuming that you brought these from the moon. Yes. I'm going to try and help them. My Ronnie, I'm going to take just a few steps towards him. And again, both hands up so I'm not looking aggressive. My Ronnie, there's something I need to say to you. They look around the room. Well, it seems there is nowhere to go, so I'm all ears. 5e is approaching the med bay, but has stopped to watch this interaction. And Sol will carefully walk forward and reach out a hand to try and place it on Marani's arm if he doesn't back away. You reach out, and as you get close, they don't jerk away, but they do smoothly try to move their hand. Then I quickly hold my hand back and keep my hands very visible to him, and I say, Myroni, whatever you've done over these past years, you did in the name of survival. Whatever sins you committed were not yours, they were his. And if you have any doubt of that, and they have their moat glow for just a moment, you are blameless. 
I absolve you. Whatever decisions you make from this moment forward are yours. But for now, you are clean. Ah, good. I see you are awake. It would be best if you sit. Your body is still recovering. Your electrolytes are unstable, but this should help with that. 5e walks down to a small mini-fridge, pulls out a uh, cup from the freezer section that's full of red-colored chips, and says, Snubberry ice chips. As I recall, this is one of your favorite flavors. It will help to soothe your throat until you are able to take liquids. And he offers it to Myrani. So Myrani's eyes shift from Soul over to 5e as they come in the room. And in answer to what you had said, Soul, if only absolution could come from words. I appreciate what you're trying to do, but whatever I was and whoever I was, and they look down at all the tattoos on their body, has been torn apart and rebuilt. And my destiny has changed. If the grim dervish is the thing that stalks in the darkness, I've been built to be the beast that rakes the light. They grab their hand at the wrist and their body starts shaking. A small ball of unstable lightning begins to form in their hand as a few of the adjacent tattoos begin to glow. Oh, no. And it remains there for just a second before it bursts and static shock goes through the whole room. 5e reaches for the sedative gun nearby as a precaution. I'm going to roll something real quick. Does that affect the ship at all? So it's the type of static shock that makes your hair stick together a little bit. It's not anything that would affect the ship in any way. You continue to be impressive. And Sol's just going to go smile and sit down at the edge of his bed, not looking bothered. As 5e pulls up the sedative gun, their eyes never leave your faceplate. In our 5e, I asked you before why you came back, and I need to know the truth. Why come back after so long? Why did you, why would you come back after the curtains were killed right in front of you and you stood there and did nothing? You watched them die as I was dragged away. My programming and circuitry were not up to the task of facing the Grim Dervish and his minions. It is a point of severe regret. But you are now and always will be until the moment of your adulthood my primary protectee. I have spent every moment since I lost my data cores trying to recover those memories to see that you are safe. And I do so because your mother and your father are the closest thing to a family that I ever had. They were more than simply masters, more than simply secondary protectees. Olivier and Lassenth, they cared for me. They taught me what it means to care for others. They led through actions, through example, not, as you say, through mere words. And I have every confidence that you will do the same. Go ahead, roll diplomacy. And I'll say, Sol, you can assist because you were part of this conversation. It's a 14. Okay, you assist. Uh, 18 with an assist pushes it to 20. 20. Okay. So as you say this, you see around the three black eyes, they start to quiver a little bit, like they're trying to hold back emotions. Why, why do you think I need a caregiver now? My childhood ended that day. Father spared me and gave me a purpose, but I am not so blind or so childish not to know what he is what cruelty he brings. I know 
that he's a monster, and I know that I am one too. So why did you even come to this m this moon? Why didn't you leave me to the fate I so deserve? Because no one deserves such a fate. Because you have the opportunity to change your future, even if you cannot change your past. I will not force you to stay here, but you are considered a minor under the law. If you will not accept me as your caregiver, then I must find someone else who is suited to the task. I will not restrain you. I will not force a choice from you. I offer you only opportunities within the boundaries of my programming. Your destiny is your own. Ironi, dear heart, will you come sit with me for just a moment? They look over at you, and you don't see them make any move towards you. Listen, I appreciate what you're trying to do. I got your message when we were on the moon, but I wasn't the only one, and I appreciate that you all came to the manor for me, but it looks over at the two of you. All you've done here is make yourselves targets. He'll come after me again, and he will cut through all of you to do it happily. In his story, you're the ones who took what's his. I should point out that helping you would not have rescued us from that fate. Our involvement with Scrib Dovetail has already ensured that the Dervis will come after us. So why not make him more of an enemy in an attempt to help you? The Dervish operates on principles of fear. He does not understand that my programming does not allow for fear. I am not afraid of him, and neither should you be. Sol rises from where they're sitting, seeing that he's not coming over, and walks up and holds out their forearm wrist up to him, and kind of gives 5e a bit of a glare. Like, they clearly do not want 5e here for this. But then they focus on Myrani again, say, Look at this, will you? Really look. And at first, of course, you see what you expect to see. The gray skin, the crystalline quality of it. It looks like there's diamonds or fragments of ice all over their skin, and the flashing gold and black tattoos. But there's one particular line that most people notice across the black tattoo that isn't quite straight. It's deliberately not straight to hide the fact that it's going over a large piece of scar tissue. And once you see the one, you see all of them. Dozens of cuts and punctures and burns all across their arms, hidden in plain sight, between the tattoos and the augment. You look at the scars, but you don't see them. And Sol waits for the reaction, because there's always a reaction. Sol, why don't you go ahead and give me a diplomacy roll at this point? And I'm going to use my Charming Curiosity, which will let me roll two and take the high. Oh, the first one's a 23, so that's pretty good. 23. Oh, sweet. They look down at your arms, seeing these scars for the first time, and they look down at their own. And you can tell they're on the verge of like asking you questions about what happened, and then tears just start streaming. So we'll reach out again to, again, try and put a hand on there back unless they shy away yeah this time you catch them in the act of just sitting down on the closest cot and they don't even try to move they're just enveloped in their emotion Sol, as always has more to say but we'll just sit with them and try to pull them into an embrace and give them as long as they need but look across at 5e with a look like you'd best not say anything <laughs> 
<laughs> the 5e's mouth on the LED display turns into a zipper. <laughs> <laughs> While still no. holding the Trank gun. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Trank gun's definitely down at this point. 5e will make a point of checking the other patient's vitals and then start okay. up a food synthesizer for something conducive to someone who's been out for a few days for getting nutrients back into their body. Fiber. Okay. And we're going to go ahead and move away from this moment as we travel through the drift. So I think one of the other days during our travels, Scriff will message 5e and Para and say, or message Para and CC 5e. Blind copy. (laughs) And say, Para... (laughs) I'd like to sit you down and have a discussion about your, I guess they're your father or your progenitor. I want to know more about them and what it means to be following them. Do you have a moment? Of course. I will need you uh, in your workshop if you prefer. Sure. 5e will calm Scriff directly on a private channel and say, did you want me to join this conversation? You are welcome to... Uh, but you may sit it out if you wish. I hope to learn more about the promise we made. Perhaps Sol can keep an eye on the patients for a bit. They seem to have Marani well in hand. I will join you. Five hits to the lab. So once we're all together, Scriff says, first of all, I, w- I would like to know the name of this being that you uh, came from, if you know it. So as you bring this question up, to Para, it feels almost as if the knowledge was already there and it just comes to the forefront of your mind. It comes through as a word that you can understand. Maybe the true name is something that is beyond mortals, but Parallaxis pops into both of your minds. So I was just wondering what the name meant. Never mind. <laughs> realization <laughs> dawns upon Scriff. Oh, I guess no. the conversation's done now. And just get up and walk away. <laughs> I mean, okay, well, I will give. It, I will be in the uh, med bay. I, d- I don't know. Like, it is this is like the IT thing where they're, they're they're there and you can't show them the problem because it's suddenly fixed. <laughs> like, just maybe your presence uh, has has enabled me to un- know the answer to the question I was about to ask. But so your for lack of a better term, I'm just going to keep calling them your father, is Parallaxis. Gender is for a different kind of being, but a father is fine. I prefer father and progenitor to daddy, so... (laughs) (laughs) Agreed. (laughs) But yes. (laughs) But yes, Parallaxis is my progenitor's given moniker. I apologize if I have led the two of you into something beyond yourselves, but in the moment, it seemed we had no choice. If I have shackled you to something that may do you harm, have my word, I would not allow any harm to befall either you two or the rest of the crew. I have seen enough already. I do not question your loyalty, nor do I regret the choice that I made. The terms outlined by this parallaxis were completely in keeping with the core tenets of my own ethical programming. Agreed. Nothing they have done to us I have seen in a negative light. I simply wish to learn more 
about what it means to be pledged to their service. Like many other followers of faith, do they have a symbol of sorts? Barra like, takes a long look at Griff and Fairy, and they close their eyes, which leaves uh, their face, for one of better words, as just a formless mass of black. And then slowly, uh, green pinpricks appear over their face, like almost like a, like a constellation, which then begin to form into a a sigil of sorts. It's, uh, it's a round uh, image with an intricate spider web of um, connecting lines. Uh, they could represent um, you know, connecting fates in time. It's not sure, but that's what you guys see. This uh, this circle with a kind of a messy spider web within, and then just one line straight down the middle of it. Ah, interesting. And then they all wink out, and Paul's eyes reappear, uh, large and green insectile. <laughs> I hope this has helped in some way. I can only memory is a strange thing. I am trying. No, this is very helpful. 5e, maybe you would be interested in this, but given our pledge, I thought it would be appropriate to make a symbol to display on my person. I am not against the idea. That's awesome. You wish to show deeper fealty? If only to understand further what it means to have fealty to Parallaxis, yes. Understood. I felt no hostility. I have no reason to believe that this Parallaxis is truly my progenitor, and if so, has hopefully good things in mind for us. Plus, if you are in his service, then that makes you almost like cousins, which is nice. <laughs> that is nice. Always happy to see the family expand. Ah, yes. Scripps it's all we need. Grows. <laughs> yeah, Power <laughs> looks out the, the side, out the door, all the children. Starting a collection. <laughs> well... I think I'm going to never been much for praying, but I think I'm going to try. I don't know if either of you are interested in meditating or joining me. It would seem to me that if this Parallaxis has something to communicate to us, it is more than capable of reaching out to us on its own terms. I do not believe that my subroutines are geared for prayer, as you put it. However, I will take images of the symbol from my permanent data core and see if I can conduct some cultural research. Perhaps I can divine more information about the nature of this being. I have some schematics that I've uh, been meaning to put into practice. I'm hoping that they will shed some new light. Once I've crafted one, you can decide if you want one as well. By all means, I am always interested in your designs. And the, the rest of the day, Scriff spends crafting uh, this new item and in game terms, it is a sacred seal. But this one is not devoted to any of the deities in the official Starfinder book. This one is devoted to Parallaxis, and so Scriff makes it in the symbol of the spider web with the connecting lines of fate with the straight line as Para described it. And the next day, when it's all finished, you'll see Scriff around the... Uh, ship and he just looks a little different this symbol is prominently displayed uh on his chest it looks like it's almost embedded into his chest like it's glowing through his clothes wait wait are we fully getting Tony the script iron man scene right? fully, yeah <laughs> ACDC starts playing yeah you know, except the reactors in there. 
the uh, symbol that that Parra described, yes. And there's something else different about Scriff. It seems that this item has slightly physically altered his appearance, oh, and he uh-oh. just looks almost like he's been drenched in pomade. Okay. Oh no. And he has he's what? he's done his best to style his his fur, but he doesn't know how this is new, like he's never used <laughs> hair so he's gel before. He's constantly wet now? He's constantly like slightly wet. Wow. Oh god, <laughs> is this the sexy script right? art? Well, how do how do his siblings react? Are they, are they like impressed or? <laughs> it was already the sexy scriff arc. Can we just say like, whoa, he's like bro. tried to Been tried to spike his, his fur a little bit and on yeah, the top. absolutely. Having seen Koto's hair, uh, <laughs> the it. twins try to put your hair up into a mohawk. Yeah, yeah. Scriff uh-huh. definitely uh-huh. goes to some of his more fashionable siblings to try uh-huh. and get help managing this new look. I, oh, oh, darling, I. Mm. Come here. Oh, sorry. It's I'm trying out something I, new. I can see. Uh, Do you have a comb? Uh, no. Double mohawk. D- <laughs> that sounds fun. <laughs> if you require a different type of shampoo, I believe I can create a lipid solvent to get rid of some of that grease. I think it's a side effect <laughs> oh, of the it's of what, the symbol. Actually, I, it doesn't. It, it doesn't go away. Yeah. I tried wash, washing, and it just it. I'm like instantly greasy, like that movie, The Santa Claus. <laughs> Except with, instead of a beard, it's <laughs> what, a, what a what a deep cut! Wow! <laughs> wow! Jesus! <laughs> uh, no. no, Soul will spend Sweet. however many hours are necessary to just comb and recomb and try to make this work. Yeah, eventually we get it. We get it passable. Uh, but yeah, Scriff is like looking a, like. Just looks like he's always got product now all over his fur. <laughs> this is an unusual side effect of my patron, but yeah, right. <laughs> the patron of pomade. I don't know. I think it looks good on your script. I'm I'm gonna try it out and see yes, see what I, I think. Yeah. Yeah, Para, you had mentioned that Scriff was kind of like a cousin now, and with this. They also have this like feel of gelatiny ooziness, so it's like even closer. <laughs> Not that kind of yeah. ooziness. I temporarily grow the same hairstyle <laughs> in He's solidarity. Awesome. I look uh, at Five E. Ah, do you want to get it on this Five E? I can make one for you too, Five E. I do not believe that I require extra lubrication. I have been. <laughs> I have been applying my industrial solutions as indicated by my factory instructions. Oh, I was I was m- meaning no more the, the the holy symbol, but uh, it you know it. Oh, I was meaning the hair actually, Spiff. I I actually I I feel something like I I don't know if it's the new look, but I just I feel like I feel like I could you know harness some of this power and like Scriff uh, reaches out and just picks up like a random tool in his workshop. While you do that, give me a perception roll, Jeff. So this is from Para Daddy. What happens when Para touches the greasy Scriff? Para's still not sure if this is from Para Daddy or just Scriff went real ham on hair products. It's a 16. <laughs> okay, uh, you notice a few of the tools are missing from the shop. What? Wait, that some things are not in the haphazard places that I put them. 
Wasn't the, me. Like, this pile is smaller than it's supposed to be. Has someone been getting into my tool chest? You see one of the twins just like run away. <laughs> Do we have a security camera wired in that laboratory at all? That we could review footage? I was the twin. He's one off. Cat. Has anyone been in the workshop without my authorization? Cat looks down at itself. The only one that has come in here is the small reptilian creature. Oh no. Small reptilian creature. The cargo? I, f I almost forgot that they're a dragon. I was like, they're a cat. <laughs> Dragons cat are cats. Ah, uh, okay. Well, I'm gonna have to hunt down a bunch of tools now. Great. Um, okay. Anyway, picks up one of the other tools. No, no, that one's missing too. Pick a different one. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> that particular one. Just rests his hands on the table and like lets out a deep sigh <laughs> and accidentally channels the energy into the table. So Scriff in frustration smacks the table, his work table, and before the eyes of everyone that's there, you see it begin to change. You see rust begin to form at the corners. Chunks of it begin to fall away, and it deteriorates until it looks as if it's been sitting out in the desert for years. Ah, Pashang. It's going to take all day to clean the rust off of this. Scriff, I feel it is more important to notice that you have just, you have just performed chronokinesis. What now? I think you're right. I am definitely right. The table is... I'm going to put my, my palm over it. This has been aged at least a hundred years. You are going to need a new table. Ah, uh, I've got enough projects. <laughs> table collapses. <laughs> no. It's <laughs> uh, uh, okay, I can... Oh, never And mind. the tools are gone for me to fix it. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm, I need to go find cargo. Do be careful how you apply that to things around the ship. Noted. <laughs> I believe the likelihood of my accepting one of those symbols has just fallen dramatically. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. But the hair, though, we can still work on that. Agreed. So, Perhaps Sol can consult. Just a little taming, it'll be fine. Sol will definitely have some nice hair. Hans is just pushing a food cart around and <laughs> handing out snacks. And here you go. And cheese you are. <laughs> Jet blue stewardess. <laughs> actually, um, can I, can I real quick just ask um, 5 actually, because 5 have you, can you do this also? Or is it perhaps only the power of the sigil? I believe it is linked to the power of the sigil and the specific combination of mystical and technological approaches that Scriff has incorporated into the design. However, that is merely conjecture. Paul's <laughs> just like watching Scriff leave and going, ah. Cousins. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, who's next? <laughs> I've, gained so, I've gained so much. I've watched life and death, and I've, got, I've gained a family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, now I'm going to steal you for another moment. Of course. So, Sol has corralled Para to sit at a table and is just sitting across from them with a matte black deck sitting between them. Sol's got their fingers laced and their chin on the top of their fingers and has just been staring at Para for an uncomfortably long amount of time. Just very focused. Para doesn't, Para's eyes don't blink. It's therefore, they have, they have grown themselves a, a, a similarly scriff-like um, coiffo. Oh no. That's very cute. All right. And they pick up the deck and sh quickly shuffle it and set it back down. I want you to think about... The bigger part of you that's out there, that thing that spoke to us, the you, the bigger... How does that work? Is that offensive? My progenitor. We have discovered that it is named uh, Parallaxis. Interesting. 
I want you to think of this parallaxis. Are you thinking of them? Understood. Now, and they slide the deck forward. I want you to cut the deck, and they very quickly drag it back. Do not. Paul's <laughs> arm wait, comes up in no, the swords. Wait. Front. <laughs> wait. Oh, An unusual no. request, but that's no, your wish. No. <laughs> that is a figure of speech. Do not damage my cards. I want you to, while thinking of this parallaxis, take half the cards off and put them to the side and put the other half on top. That's called cutting the deck. I see. Understood. So yeah, they reach out. Um, <laughs> they, they reach out. Uh, they uh, cut the deck, um, set it aside into two parts. Well done. And then they'll quickly stack them back on top and say, "All right." And they're going to deal out this very spooky, creepy kind of matte black horror imagery deck. Um, the first one is actually before we, before you bring it up, um, Power wants to stop so for a second. These cards can tell my future. They can hint at the futures. Do you have questions? I can... Uh, uh, they're not allowed to, like, pick up the cards. Actually, they reach for they reach for the pile to try and pick one up. To soul stop them. Yep, take a look. Don't, don't, do not damage my cards. This is a new deck. I have been practicing. I can now pick things up without even getting them dirty. Or clean. <laughs> we need to discuss that in a moment. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, they're going to just pluck a card at random. Um, and just kind of hold it. Um, bend it. They're looking at it from like every edge. Two of swords. The two of swords is what yes. they're called. This, this card is two swords. What does that mean? Oh, well, um, two of swords is a beginning. Um, it is the first step in a journey. Um, swords are typically a card of nobility, which I'm rather fond of being a sword user myself, but can also mean aggression or thought. It's fast moving. Any of that ring true to you? Hmm. Perhaps. They put the card back down, and they stare at Sol for a long while. This particular Two of Swords is a kind of nightmarish abstract figure crouched on top of two swords driven into the ground, um, staring off in a weird, blurred motion. Perhaps this is more interesting since you did grab it yourself. It means be at peace with your decisions and don't look back. Looking back is the problem. I cannot. So, you... You mentioned you can touch things now without making them... Is that... Does that apply to... They hold up their arms. Tattoos? I believe so. I oh. should not have any problem touching you if you need to. Let's just... And they're going to offer up the black tattoo on the inside of their upper arm. Just just give that a poke. Let's see. Let's test it. Power reaches out and, like, with one very long spindly finger, gives him a poke in the arm. And then the finger kind of melts onto their arm. Like, in a, it's like a, it's like a warm, like, grip. A wax. Yeah. And then they release it, and you are, you are still tattooed. Hmm. Ah, uh, what do you say to a little experimentation? I am always willing to learn, of course. They will stand up quickly, square up the cards, tuck them away in their pockets, and reach for Para's hand and kind of pull them up. Three rules, darling. First, my headband never comes off. Second, don't tell anyone what you find in my pants. And third, if there's anything you don't enjoy, just let me know and we'll figure out something else, yes? What? <laughs> what is this proposition? <laughs> Paul pa looks at them again for a long time what? and then says, understood. All right, let's see if we can kick any Yosuke out of the room. Yeah, you on? have to relocate like three of them. Just, just an out more than an hour. Just we'll be, we'll be back. Sock on the door. 
<laughs> oh my. Okay, uh, while that's happening, Jeff, go, ahead, go ahead, give me a perception roll as you look for Cargo. <laughs> 22. Okay. You know, this is basically while that conversation was happening. So you look around the ship for a little while, and then you notice when you're in the cargo area, part of the wall has been pulled away, and you remember that there was a smuggler's hatch. And oh. you see that to the smuggler's hatch, it's been opened a little bit, and there's this gap. Cargo, are you in here? Come on out, little dragon. <laughs> you look down and you peer inside. I need and my And you tools. see cargo sitting on top of a pile of just all sorts of different things from the ship. There's Aww. like some medical supplies. There's a wrench. <laughs> yeah. There's some upon books. Like no. there's just a pile of stuff that it's like. Who's on got top a of. little hoard? You got a little hoard. And some gold or something. It's up to you what you do with it. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I know dragons always hoard something. I don't know what this one is hoarding other than just stuff, but that's okay. I'm just going to look and s look for the specific tools that I need to rebuild the table. Now that I know where everything is, be like, can I borrow this? And I'm going to reach and just slowly see if they will allow me to take one thing out of the pile. <laughs> Okay, oh, for fun, why don't you go ahead and roll sleight of hand? Okay. This is just how gingerly can you get this away from this little dragon? It's a 12. So you reach out and you put one of your paws on the tool and you just hear a little and you pick your hand up and it stops. And you put your hand down again here. This is so cute. Cargo, this isn't yours. <laughs> Look, okay, I'll bring it back, okay? <laughs> Roll diplomacy. <laughs> I'm trying to reason with a baby dragon. Um, also a 12. So Cargo stands up a little bit on its stubby little legs. It looks at you, its eyes narrow a bit, and then its tail whips around and smacks the tool and it like slides away. Ah... Uh... <laughs> Okay, Ooh. hold on. I'll go find something to replace it with, okay? We can trade. <laughs> and I'm going to go, and I'm going to try and find, like, something shiny. Okay. Yeah, you, you go into the kitchen area, and you find a little the teapot, and you bring that back down, and you basically do the Indiana Jones thing, yeah. where <laughs> you pick up the wrench and replace it with the teapot. <laughs> I'm going to hold it out, like, show them, like, look. Ooh, it's a teapot. Look. You add it to your hoard. Its I'll eyes are you. tracking with it. I'm going to, like, lift it up high to make them change their gaze to focus on the teapot as I reach down low to grab the tool I need. <laughs> and then I let them take the teapot and I walk away with the tool. <laughs> and as you walk away, you take a glance back and you see the teapot that was just kind of sitting in the entrance. Two little paws come and like drag it back into the hatch. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh. I message everyone. So the dragon does like to hold things. If you're missing anything, look in the hatch in the cargo bay. Acknowledged. Uh oh. So far, it seems to be random. Does it have my fruit? 
You should check. <laughs> there was a lot of stuff. Does it have my orchid? Does it wait, does it have my lighter? I may have just seen a, some of those things inside of you. Everything. Oh, I lost all this stuff. I was just asking randomly as it got this and the other. It belongs to Cargo now. <laughs> okay. Anything else that you guys want to do on this trip? Or should I jump it to the end here? How are you guys feeling? Soul will um, come find Scriff after he's solved the uh, tool problem. And is kind of flipping through their data pad. Uh, Scriff, could you, could you do me a favor? I might... Could you look at something and tell me if it makes any sense to you? Sure. And they flip through what looked like a couple sketches and then pull up and flip around to um, what looks like a very scientific and intricate drawing of a crystal. And it's got like periodic table elements listed and just very impressive, intense designs. Uh, does this does this make any sense? Could you make this thing? Based off this. Um, let's let's see here. Um, oh yes, I I can do this. Hunt, wonder that makes sense to you. Brilliant. And they just look towards the nearest hatch. Thank you. Yeah, it's pretty simple. I can have it for you by the end of the day. It would be wonderful. Give me a right now. Comes the Iron Man scene. <laughs> Yeah, so Scriff will uh, take the designs, and you're welcome to stay if you want. Um, I will get to work. And he pulls down a handful of tools and stuff, and it's like, oh, I'm missing, I'm missing my spanner. Can you go check the cargo bay and I'll, see if I'll go make a trade. Cargo I'll has it. Trade. All right, I'll, I'll do what I can without it, and uh, he'll he'll start working on it and and putting together this crystal. He like sets up a uh, this crucible for for forging upbs into a gem shape and and this this as well and they just also just a little chip to go in the brain it's totally fine it's totally that's the afterthought as they run off to try and get an item oh no problem <laughs> scriff mechanical mastermind they come back a while later with like a bite mark all right i think this is what you needed oh, no. oh i'll make it work yeah <laughs> Oh, that's the wrong size. size. I didn't want to go that far. And with that, we will jump forward to the end of your drift travels. As you come back out of the drift, you guys are now in packed world space. It's been quite a while for some of you. Home sweet home. You were given directions to head to the upper atmosphere of Triaxis and hail the Sun Siren. The second hand moves over towards Triaxis, and you send your message out to the Sun Siren. As you pull down into the upper atmosphere of this cloud-covered planet, and on your radar, you do detect this large ship. It's not quite as big as, say, the generational goblin ship, but it is quite sizable still. You get this response back from your message, and on the dashboard, it blinks that someone is trying to communicate with you. Pick up comms. This is the second hand. Ah, second hand! Welcome to the Pact Worlds. 
I am Commander Vin Harkion of the Interspace Defense Force and Captain of the Starship Sun Siren. A meeting was requested of us, and so we all find ourselves here. Tell me, what can we do for you? And we'll see you in the next Yay! chapter! Yay! Yeah! Like a double, <laughs> triple, baby. double, please. Yeah. <laughs> After show. After show. When life drains you down, charge up on the Emergency Power Network. Theme song triangles by Diamond Ace. Find them at bandcamp.com. Music provided by Nicholas Judy of Dark Fantasy Studio at darkfantasystudio.com and Tabletop Audio. Find them at tabletopaudio.com as well as Carl Casey of White Bat Audio. Find them at whitebataudio.com. Font Azonix by Mixo. Find them on Twitter at MixoFX. The Starfinder role-playing game, including its official lore and images, are the intellectual property of Paizo Incorporated, all rights reserved. Narrated by Danny Lee Collins.